When Sam asked me to tell my story, I uh, immediately said yes, because I believe that all of us have stories, all of you have stories, and I think we should share our stories with each other, uh, our spiritual journeys, if you will, because it is by sharing with each other that perhaps we are helped in our own spiritual struggles. I was born in Beaumont, Texas. Uh, I was uh, born and raised there. Uh, some of you may not know where Beaumont is in southeast Texas, and it's actually about uh, 30 miles from the Gulf, but it is the site of the first oil field in Texas. I'm just bragging a little bit about Beaumont. That's the only thing it's known for, quite frankly. But my mother was born to a, a full Italian mother and father, and she was one of 10 children. And she, uh, in growing up, was raised in the Disciples of Christ Church. And in the Disciples of Christ Church, uh, she had a wonderful upbringing. When she married my father in Beaumont, uh, at pretty early age, uh, they moved to another part of town called South Park. And it was about two miles or maybe three miles from uh, the Christian church. So my mother did not drive and my father was not a Christian at that time. And so she had to find a church within walking distance. So she found St. Paul's Methodist Church. It was called simply that then, but now, of course, United Methodist Church. Now, the interesting thing is that she passed the Baptist Church, which was only two blocks from our house. And I never thought to ask my mother why she didn't go to the Baptist Church until the Methodist Church. Now, I'm saying that uh, not to at all indicate anything adverse about the Baptist Church. I mean, after all, I've been working for the Baptist for 40 years now, and uh, we like to describe ourselves uh, at Belmont University as a Christian university with a rich Baptist heritage. So I have great regard for the Baptist and the Baptist Church. But I have to say that I'm glad that I was raised a Methodist because in the Methodist Church, it has many characteristics, as you know. But one of the characteristics of Methodist Church is that we can ask questions. And I was raised in a church like that, my local church, St. Paul's. And we had wonderful Sunday school teachers. We had uh, a marvelous caring congregation at St. Paul's. And we also had a, a wonderful youth director named Pat Henderson. And Pat always encouraged us as young people to ask questions, tough questions, and to ask them out loud so we could discuss them get them out there in the open. And that really suited me. And boy, did I have a lot of questions, and I still do. And so it so happened in this environment, I, I felt comfortable with questioning even God. Now, my spiritual journey went very smoothly most of my upbringing until I was 16 years old. And on August the 2nd, uh, 1956, one of my very best friends, Monroe Busby, 
was killed in an automobile accident. He was on an outing with his youth group. And ironically, that was from the, uh, the Christian church that my mother had been raised in. They were on a return trip uh, going up to Lake Tejas in uh, East Texas. And a car hit them from behind and uh, swerved them off the highway. And they went straight into a pine tree. And all seven in the car were killed instantly. Now, this really shook my faith. I really was angry at God. And this anger soon turned to really a depression. I couldn't get it off my mind. And so I kept uh, asking God, why did he let this happen? I didn't believe he caused it, but why did he let it happen? And so as I questioned and questioned over about a period of six, eight months, that more and more uh, I became uh, overwrought with this. And uh, I wrote an uncle of mine at that time who was an ordained pastor of another faith tradition, and I told him about my struggles with God. Now, this uncle, who is a wonderful person and uh, very caring and had done many uh, wonderful things in his ministry, but he gave me an answer that really disturbed me. He said that if you are saved, you won't be asking those kind of questions. And that made me even more ashamed of my uh, struggle, my faith struggle. Maybe I really didn't believe in God. Maybe I really didn't have the kind of faith that all other Christians had. I felt very alone, very isolated. And so more and more, I began to uh, ponder uh, what it meant uh, to believe in God. Who was God? What was my relationship with God? Now, I didn't tell anybody else after my uncle gave me that question, I mean that answer. I did not tell my parents. I did not tell any my, my siblings, my two sisters. I did not tell anybody because I was ashamed that I didn't have the kind of faith that I believed ever all other Christians had, that nobody else was having these kinds of struggle. Now, one thing I did do is I kept talking to God. I prayed incessantly, and I asked God to please lift me up from this uh, depressed state, to please restore me to fellowship with him. Now, also, at that time, I became a very avid Bible reader. I just read trying to find the answers in the Bible itself. And I found places that really helped me. I came across a scripture that we read this morning of Jacob wrestling with the angel. And as he wrestled with this angel, uh, then he would not let the angel go until the angel blessed him. Now, about this same time, we uh, had a revival in our church. That's the days when there used to be lots of revivals in, in churches. And we don't really have those much now, and I think maybe we should have those again. But whatever the case is, we had a revival speaker to our local church named Don Schuler. 
not related to the great football coach, but Don Schuler. And he had a theme for his series of sermons in the revival. And the theme was to pray through, as he put it. He said, when something is troubling you in your faith, just simply find a quiet place where nobody would be looking for you. And when you are not hurried and pray through until God gives you uh, the answer. So uh, one Sunday morning, soon uh, after I finished throwing my paper out, that was the days when uh, young boys used to throw papers, deliver papers off of bicycles. I finished about five o'clock in, in the morning on that Sunday morning, and I went out to a, a, a park, uh, Alice Keith Park in South Park of, of uh, Beaumont, Texas. And I sat on a, a park bench there, and I began to pray with my eyes closed, fervently asking God to lift me up and restore me to the fellowship with him. And little by little, as I prayed, a warmth and a peace began to come over me. Now, as I was uh, doing this uh, praying, I was also reading the Bible during this time, and I came across certain scriptures that also lent themselves to lifting me up. For example, I came across Jeremiah 29:13. I can quote it and have quoted it many times, where Jeremiah says to a desperate cluster of Jews in the Babylonian captivity who had lost all hope. And Jeremiah says to them that God says to you, you shall seek me and you shall find me when you search for me with your whole heart. Well, I knew that God knew that I was searching for him with my whole heart. Also, I came into uh, contact with the book of Job, which became and still is my favorite book of the Old Testament. And that's where Job has this long struggle with God. And his three friends are telling him, just, just uh, ask God for forgiveness and everything's going to be okay. And, and Job says, uh, I want to know God. I want to see God face to face like Jacob had seen God. And so uh, Job kept praying until finally he got to a breakthrough, to that place where uh, he heard God saying to him, I love you, Job, and you are mine. And then Job said, I had heard of thee with the hearing of my ear, but now my eye sees thee. So Job had also met God face to face. Now these kinds of episodes in the Old Testament uh, are called theophanies. That's a word that Bible scholars use to describe a uh, actual appearance of God to an individual. Now, in my case, I did not see God physically. I didn't even hear an audible voice, but I felt like I had had a theophany in the park that morning, that I felt that burden lifted from me. And so I believed that God had truly appeared to me. 
I believe that theophanies not only happen in the Bible. I believe theophanies happen in everyday life. I dare say all of you have had theophanies. You may not have called it that because that's a, 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 a biblical scholar's term. But that's what it is, God appearing to an individual. And then I also read uh, the parable of the, uh, of the sheep, the parable of the hundred sheep. When God, or when Jesus says, there were 99 that were safely in the fold, but the good shepherd goes out and finds that one sheep who is out on the hill far away, and he brings him back. So this kind of scripture tells me it's a two-way street. <clears throat> it's not just that we are seeking God, but that God is seeking us also. And that as he seeks us, uh, that we need to be uh, available, we need to be open uh, to him finding us. And then I also came across the scripture in Revelation 3.20 where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. And so I see that as part of this two-way street. God is seeking us, but we have to be available uh, to, to his seeking. We have to be open and we have to respond. Now, in those days also, I read uh, certain books in addition to becoming an avid Bible reader in Searching for the Answers. I read certain books. I came across Billy Graham's 1953 book, Peace with God. And as soon as I saw that, the title, I said, that's the book for me because that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for peace with God. And I'll never forget the first sentence of that book that Billy Graham says that every person is on a quest to find peace with God. I said, oh, that's wonderful news because now I feel I'm not alone. I'm not the only one doing this struggle. I'm not the only one who feels like his faith has, has fallen, that everybody is searching for this uh, peace with God. So that lifted also my spirits up. And then I read the biography of Roland Bainton of the life of Martin Luther called Here I Stand. And I discovered that Luther had also had his struggles. He felt like God didn't really love him until finally he had a breakthrough too. He had a theophany and he came to understand that God did love him and that God was right there for him. And then I also read the life of John Wesley. Uh, there's many of them, but the particular one I read in those days was by Leslie Church called Night of the Burning Heart, the story of John Wesley. And that was the first time I had read about Wesley's heartwarming experience when he had gone to the uh, Aldersgate uh, Street for a, uh, for a prayer meeting, and he heard somebody reading Luther's preface to the book of Romans. And Wesley said, something came over me, and I felt my heart strangely warmed. That's what I had felt in the park that morning. Uh, 
So when I left the park that morning, I uh, left with a spring in my step and a song in my heart. And the particular song that I think is best illustrates uh, what I experienced, my theophany, my breakthrough was, uh, I am thine, O Lord. And I am thine, O Lord, it says, <clears throat> I've heard thy voice, and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be ever drawn closer to thee. So that's my story, and I hope to hear lots of other stories told by you in the days and the years ahead. Thank you very much.